Welcome back into Cloud's Retirement Chat. I am John Gay, joined again by Tommy Cloud from Third Act Retirement. Always good to be with you, sir. It's always good to be with you, John. Loving it. So we are going to talk today about 14 of the most common retirement planning problems and their five solutions. Retirement is such a complex issue to deal with, to think about, and many people make a lot of mistakes just unknowingly as they go into it, right? Well, they sure do. I've seen so many issues over the past couple of decades that really are putting people in situations where they're not able to do what they want to do. They might uh, run out of money or they can't live the type of retirement that they dreamed of. Or worst case scenarios, they have to become dependent and rely on their family members. And and certainly that's something uh, that, you know, you don't want. Most people don't want, I should say. Right. Sometimes it depends on everybody's individual situation, of course. But let's hit on some of these. I know there's 14, so we'll probably take these in chunks. But what are some of the first ones on our list of the common retirement mistakes that people make? One of the things I see, and it was funny because I was talking to a lady yesterday and I said, well, what are your goals for this year? Because, you know, here we are in January and it was the start of the new year. And she was like, well, I want to pay off my mortgage. And her income was high certainly for a single woman at 450000 almost 500000 a year, but she has a really nice company here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to do that. She wanted to learn more about stocks. She wanted to increase her real estate holdings and her multiple streams of income. She wanted to make sure her kids were taken care of in case something happened to her. And those are the ones I can remember, four of the five. There was, she said she wanted stability. That was her fifth. And this is just re- recalling from our initial phone call yesterday. And she'll be back in the office on Monday. And I asked her, I said, well, what would it be like if you just did nothing? <laughs> if you just didn't hire a financial planner and you just went through the year and it was very easy to see that she was a driven woman. Not only is her income in the top 1% of all households in America, it's probably for women, uh, single women, it was probably in the top one-tenth of 1%. Right, sure, yeah. And so... She was like, well, I would be depressed. I would have a very bad year. It would be difficult for me to feel good about myself if I don't do something this year about it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I see is a big problem is there's people that want to do it themselves. It's, my business has been very fortunate, and I've been so thankful the last three years. It's grown uh, 18% in 18, 31% in 2019 and 24 four and a half percent in 2020, even with COVID. And the fees and the money that I've spent on coaches the past three years during those three years is almost embarrassing. However, they've helped me to grow and they've helped me to better serve my clients. And I've had a trainer that helped me do quite well with my exercise. And I also have a, a functional doctor who helps me to live a life where I don't take any types of medication. I quit taking Claritin last year in 2020 for the first time since probably 19, maybe 86, in the mid to late 80s when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. And I did this all with the help of professional coaches. And it cost a lot. My functional doctor, I had to cut him a check for $2,700. Mm-hmm. And my coaches were <laughs> many times more than that over the three years. So people, they want to do it themselves. And she asked, she goes, well, what were your fees? And I told her my fees. And she said, okay, yeah, that, that's reasonable. We'll come in and, and speak with you. So do-it-yourselfers, John, are, are really trying to avoid paying a fee 
And ultimately what they're doing is they're probably costing themselves thousands of dollars and the possibility of not being able to have the type of retirement they want. The other thing is you have to have humility. You know, every study shows that the older that we get, as you get into your 60s and 70s, our cognitive abilities go down. Sure, yeah. And so you're trying to make all these decisions. And I mean, you're already making decisions in your 20s and 30s with your money, probably because you also have less wisdom. But now as we're getting older and our cognitive dissonance goes down, you know, it makes it even harder. So do-it-yourselfers is a big one, a really big one. Another one that is really mind-boggling and it really has gotten a little better over the years, but it's still surprising every time I look at it. As recent as two years ago, I had a woman come in that heard me speak at a university and she came in and she was with a big organization. I'm not going to say it. Um, It's just risky for me to do that, but it's well known. It's a household name. They have millions of clients and thousands of financial advisors. And she slapped her uh, statements down on my conference table. And I began to look at her investment fees, which were I forgot, 70% higher just on her assets alone, the securities alone and the investments and the annuities that they had sold her. And then I said, okay, well, what what are your advisory fees? What are you paying your advisor? And she said, 3%. And I just... That's high. Well, when I hear that, it's like, okay, well, you can hear it and say, well, she's getting taken to the cleaners or she's getting taken advantage of. and, And maybe a little bit, but what I think of is I think of, wow, isn't this guy afraid of a lawsuit or isn't this woman afraid of a lawsuit, whoever the financial advisor was? That's how my mind works. I don't know. I, I don't want to ruin my business over exorbitant fees. And quite frankly, I don't even know if Schwab would let me take out a 3% fee. Then I get <laughs> right, audited. Yeah. You know, I've been audited three times in my 20 years. And they come in there and they see a 3% fee. So I don't know. But dude, that's another thing that I see. That's, that's number two are high investment fees and high advisory fees. So number one on our list, people who are trying to do it themselves. Number two, high investment advisory fees. Let's tick off quickly a few more on this list here, Tommy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll knock out the next two pretty quickly. Poor asset allocation of lack of diversification. They've got, well, I have 20 stocks. I've got Apple. I've got Exxon and Home Depot. And my advisor got me 20 stocks. (laughs) And I've got some bonds over here. And what they're lacking there, obviously, is global diversification. They're lacking sector diversification in the stocks. It's very difficult to get enough sectors in with with 20 or 30 stocks. It's very difficult to spread it out between mid-cap, large-cap, and value. Uh, Mid-cap, large-cap, small-cap, I'm sorry. Value and growth. And growth has just done so well the past decade, but that's another discussion. So it's, it's just poor diversification, poor asset allocation, not many non-correlated asset classes to the global stock market. The global stock market is highly correlated. So if you're talking about stocks in Europe or the US, their correlation is, runs in the high eights, 0.88, 0.87. One is a perfect correlation, which would be like the S&P to the S&P. Sure. The S&P to the Dow is highly, highly correlated in the nines, for example. So that's another thing that we're seeing, uh, not only high fees, but lack of diversification and proper asset allocation, because right now, as we're sitting here today, the stock market is probably 60 to 70% overvalued, and bonds are at world record highs where the treasury yield on the 10 years less than 1%. So you're going to have to have some non-correlated asset classes that can help you out. For example, gold and even utility stocks are some that we use for our clients to provide them more diversification for this coming decade. 
Uh, number four, paying more taxes. One of the things that people don't understand, I would suggest people just go to Morningstar as they're listening to this, maybe after the show or pause the show, go to Morningstar.com, type in your favorite mutual fund. And if you go to the expenses tab or maybe the portfolio tab, you go down, you can look at the expenses. You'll see that there is a tax cost expense to having these. Yeah. So, well, I have a mutual fund and I'm not selling it. And uh, here's the deal. It doesn't matter. You are paying fees. And sometimes, usually because of turnover inside those mutual funds, those fees can be 2% or higher. I've seen 2.65% on major brand name blimp floating, famous enough to fly blimps at bowl games when we, when we have them. Understood. And uh, they're just so f- billions of dollars, maybe even a trillion dollars at how famous these mutual funds are. And I've looked at them time and time again, the people that are paying taxes of over 2% a year because of the turnover. Number five, I see people come in, and this doesn't happen much because I'm working with people that typically have about a half million dollars or more in investable assets. So they're good savers. However, I do see people coming in and they're spending more than what their budget will allow for them to achieve their goals. Well, Mm -hmm. I want to retire at 58 or even I want to retire at 67 or whatever the number is. And yeah, they have money, but they're wanting to have two houses or do this with their grandchildren or go do this together or whatever it is they want to do. If they're, you know, their goals, play golf, join this country club. It could be anything. And they just aren't saving enough. They've done a great job saving compared to most, you know, most people in America die in debt. Yeah. So as we look at this, they're just not on par with what they're trying to do. Their expenses are going to be high and they're wanting to you know, have a certain lifestyle when they retire and they're just spending too much. And I think that's sort of human nature, Tommy, because you work hard for 30, 40 years or whatever it ends up being, and you want to enjoy your retirement. You want to literally enjoy the fruits of your labor. And you get to a point where you're retiring and you're thinking, wow, this is great. I'm, I don't have to work eight hours a day. I have all these extra hours in the day. I can really go do the things that I want to enjoy, whether it's golf, travel, reading, whatever it is. And there's a natural temptation to spend more because you have this newfound freedom, I think. Well, that's exactly right. And so that's something that we help people with as well and what people need to you know, figure out as they're going into it. And Tommy, number six on our list is not knowing what their budget should be, right? That's the next step here, correct? Totally oblivious. Totally oblivious. They know what they want to do, which is human nature. We all know what we want to do. I know what I want to do. However, taking the time to put down a budget for it is a whole different story. That takes effort, that takes thought, and that takes time. And so we commonly will see people come in and just, they aren't ready for it. Yeah. With any type of budget. And then the next one is not knowing how to use insurance properly. What do you mean by that? Well, when I go into some of these accounts, I just see all types of insurance Sometimes whether they need or they don't, sometimes when your assets hit a certain level, in my mind, you might not need long-term care if you have enough money saved up. Mm-hmm. You can always have it. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to be a deal breaker, particularly if you have those that can are like life long-term care policies where they can still leave a death benefit. That's fine. Again, it's not going to be something that's going to really damage you. However, it's it's moments where there's, there's tax advantages and things that you can do there and how they're doing annuities, the annuities that they have are extremely expensive. And that's an insurance product. 
the fees are really high, and that's to compensate the agent. And so there are insurance products out there that have no fees that are used by fiduciary fee-only planners, and they could really lower their expense there. Having large amounts of life insurance when they don't necessarily need it. Now, if they have a good, solid mutual life insurance plan from the Guardian or Mass Mutual or Northwestern or one of these companies that have a long history of paying great dividends, that's wonderful. Most people and most of my clients that bought these policies back 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago wish they would have bought more. So those are good things to have. Just for example, those are some of the ways that people misuse not knowing how to use insurance properly and what to do with it, what it can provide for them, what it can't provide for them, and what they're expecting it to do. Got it. Next on our list is not having an updated will or not having a will at all. And I think that's really important because the will is not just about you. It's about what you're leaving behind for the ones you love, but also the potential mess you might be leaving for them if you're not prepared to have all this organized and set up ahead of time. That's absolutely true, John. And I want to talk about wills, and I will briefly, just going back to the insurance as well, is just knowing how much to have, what you're going to do with it, and what's the proper amount for you to have in your situation were some of the things that I was thinking as well when I look at those policies. And paying the right rates, if they have term, a lot of times they're paying too much for term. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things that we review when we look at clients' insurance. Absolutely, the wills, they need to be updated every five years or so, I would say. It's not a a big chore. Estate planning attorneys have plans now that aren't that costly where they will update and talk to you once a year for an hour and the fees are minimal, monthly fees. They have programs now. And so the estate planning attorneys are becoming more advanced, um, almost like a service-based business where they're working with their clients more closely at reasonable fees. These aren't huge, exorbitant fees, particularly if you're a married couple and you want a will, or if you're a married couple or a single person, you just want a will and a trust. So I think it's important, particularly if you have family, that you're going to leave behind to be able to provide from them, from your assets, and and divide it up the way that you want and the way that you think you're supposed to do it. So absolutely, we've had people come in all the time with with just no, I mean, their assets are going to go into probate and their family is going to have to deal with the government. And that's really not a pleasant experience. It's not something you would want to do to those that you love. That's right. You do that to your enemies. Exactly. What's number nine on our list? Number nine. Love potion number nine. Not having their investments well positioned for the next... Do you remember that song, John? Love potion number nine? I do. I do. Yep. Good. Well, in case of all these here, you won't want to take your problems down to Madame Rue. You won't get them solved there. (laughs) Number nine, not having investments well positioned for the next market crash. There again, we go back to the diversification. True diversification involves having investments, having assets that are not correlated to the U.S. stock market. What does correlated mean? It means if the U.S. stock market crashes, these assets will not. That is not being correlated. If they're correlated, if the U.S. stock market and the global stock market were to crash, these assets would also crash or go down. It's the proverbial having all your eggs in one basket. That's, That's it. The way the diversification it. comes in. Yep. That concept's been around for so many thousands of years that we first heard from Solomon so long ago. <laughs> exactly. We had some money. Indeed. Number 10, no idea what their portfolio did in 2002 or 2008 when the stock markets went down dramatically. So Mm. they come in, they had this portfolio, and I'll say, well, do you know how your portfolio would have done had it been in place like this back in 2002 or 2008? 
and they're like, oh, I remember it went down. <laughs> or, or they'll say, you know, or some of them will just flat out say, you know, no, I don't. But I would like to know. And that's somebody you can work with. Somebody that comes in and says, you know, you, you, you want to be coachable. Yeah. And so they just don't know. And so the next time we have them, and I'm telling you, the next time that we do have a market correction, I think it could easily be 50% from where it is now. If they're relying on bonds to give them three, four, five, six percent, I think that's going to be very difficult. I mean, the good thing bonds will do is preserve what they have. However, the bonds that they have are not going to offset the stock market crash with a five percent gain. I don't believe it's the yields are just so low. Bonds don't have that much further to go down, which means bonds the yield and bonds their face value doesn't have that further to go up. So that's what we're talking about there for those dramatic losses. And it's like I said, it's 2008. It's been a while yeah. since we've had a stock market correction. All right. Next on our list, number 11, as we start to wrap up here. There's no non-correlated asset classes and they do not have not to cal- calculate the proper withdrawal rate from their portfolio during retirement. That's number 11. It goes back to the diversification thing. You got to be diversified. You got to have non-correlated asset classes and you need to study that or your financial planner needs to know that. And you can ask them, do I have assets that won't perform the same way the stock market does, particularly during a crash. Number 12, not having a good idea as to how long it would take their investments to recover if we have another recession or market drop. So Mm. if you're 70 or 75 and you've got a portfolio and it would have gone down 26% during the last financial crisis, which the market went down 53, how long would it take you to get back to break even? How's that going to impact your withdrawals? How's that going to impact your the way you're living. Can you still live to be 85 or 90 without that money running out if we have a market crash? Because when it goes down, you're still going to be making those withdrawals. And so most people need to have time for their portfolio to recover if they're going to achieve their goals and depending on basically what their budget is. Number 13, you know, not reviewing their retirement or financial plan regularly. Things happen with family. Things happen with health. Things happen in the economy. And things happen, you change your goals. You could lose a spouse. You could gain a spouse. And so you really need to be on top of that and look at that yearly. Because if you don't, you may not make the proper changes that you need to make in order to be successful with your plan and have a comfortable and wonderful retirement where you're at, you have peace of mind. You can sleep at night and you have peace of mind. Right. If you're going off a plan that based on life circumstances that are completely different than when you set the plan, that is just a recipe for disaster. It is. And I hate, hate to say that I've seen it before. The final one, number 14, a lack of peace of mind. This is worst and, and has the most harm and impact on people I've found. Mm. People don't give enough weight to their emotions. The way their emotions impact their health, the way their emotions impact their relationships. And here they are trying to navigate retirement and these crazy markets during these uncertain times. They're trying to figure out their withdrawal rates. They, they don't even care about the taxes. They just, just don't want to pay a financial planner. Hmm. It goes back to the do-it-yourselfer. So it gives them a lack of peace of mind as their cognitive abilities go down, unfortunately. Mine are going down. Every, yours are going to everyone on the planets go down. There's only been one perfect human as far as by my belief system whose cognitive ability probably didn't go down. However, the rest of us have these bodies that are, that are wearing out every day. Uh, so... Lack of peace of mind is probably the worst. And I think we've seen in the last year with all the stress that we've all endured collectively in 2020 that 
that lack of peace of mind and that stress can take a physical toll on you. And it is so important to take care of your emotional and mental health as well as your physical health. It can also lead you to make bad financial decisions. So how are we doing on time, John? Can we jump into the solutions or how are we looking? Let's do this. So we are about out of time for this episode, Tommy. So we're going to leave you with a teaser and say that we've covered 14 common retirement planning problems today. And we're going to, in our next episode, episode number four, we're going to talk about five solutions to these uh, retirement problems. That sounds wonderful, John. And Tommy, before we let you go, what are the best ways to reach you at Third Act Retirement if somebody has questions about planning for their future? If they have questions, they can just call into our office at 770-971-2888 and set up a retirement ready success call with anyone that answers the phone. Or they're more than welcome just to go to my website at thirdactretirement.com and just click on the button at the top and just schedule a call with us. And they'll see the button and it says, get started now. And they'll be able to click on that button and then click on schedule now and they'll see where it says retirement ready success call and it's, it's a green dot they can't miss it they'll just go in there and schedule a call with me green the color of money always good to be with you tommy we'll talk again soon likewise john thank you kindly 